This is Lisa Rusick and Misty Lore with the podcast We Are All Psychic. <laughs> and if you're watching the video, Misty is having a very good time with a We Are All Psychic mug, which we do have available on our website. <laughs> and today we have a really amazing guest, and her name is Mary. Mary, would you like to say hello? Hi, I'm Megan Mary, and Absolutely. I'm a women's dream analyst. Why did I say Mary? I, I'm looking at your name. I'm looking That's okay, at everybody. Does I just it. said Mary. Ooh. Yeah. We'll see if that like plays out later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have a question for you. Do you think we're all psychic? I do. You I think do. everybody. Yes, I think everybody has the ability to tap into their intuition, to feel things, to sense things, and people just push it down or they don't believe in it, and so they detach themselves from it. I think you're right. That's we we totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people have said on the podcast. A lot of people say. Uh, that, Everybody who's like, you know, their children, sometimes it's there and they're told not to talk about it. And so they are told it's imaginary, stuff like that. You know, pretty much every child has I've had got a good one, too. What? I've got a good example of that when we start talking about what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. OK. Uh, well, where did you have you always about felt children. about children and the psychic stuff? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, so did you always feel this way? Were you raised around this mentality or is this something that you kind of came about yourself? I definitely wasn't raised to embrace it, embrace that. And so what I did when I was little, I really felt that way and I really was intrigued by it. And I really felt connected to that. And that was part of the reason that I loved Halloween. That was my favorite holiday. And it wasn't as a kid, it wasn't because of the candy. It might've been because of the costumes, but it was really because of the the sense that everybody would agree on that one day that there were spirits among us That's and true. it was talked about and there was this mystery and there was this, you know, the, the veil being thinner and everybody kind of would communally understand that. And I just wanted to exist in that day all year long. Oh yeah. I loved it and it was really my jam. And so uh, as I got older, I think I kind of pushed it down and I, I always celebrated Halloween, but the rest of the year I, I, started to less and less yeah. listen listen to that yeah so when did it come back for you when did you start really wanting to get back involved with listeners and watchers she does dream and tape interpretation we'll <laughs> in there so how did how did you get started with that like where where did that come from was there something before that or well i've always like i said researched and been in, intrigued by what was not what we don't completely know. So all the things, the metaphysical things and, and philosophies and theories and mysticism and everything. And when I was younger, I used to have recurring dreams. I used to have nightmares and really Me good too. flying dreams, but also yeah. recurring nightmares. Yeah. And so I really wanted to know what they meant. And so I used to keep a dream journal and I went to a few dream groups along the way when I was younger, but I didn't really... I wanted to have it be my thing, but I knew I didn't want to go into science. I went to college for literature and I really loved story and I really loved analysis and the arts was really my realm. I didn't really want to go the science track. And so I never could figure out how I could do that. Yeah. And when I, a few years ago, I really started to just start accumulate all these different chronic illnesses. And then I got a whole bunch of them all at once. And it was so dramatic for me that it really led me to do a lot of introspection. 
And my as part of my healing journey, I was encouraged to meditate. And I it's not that I had never done it before, but I started really doing it every single day. Yeah. And that really reopened the floodgates. Meditation is the door. <laughs> it, it, it's like the pasture that you have to cross through. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's really good. I love how you put that. Like, I don't know. It just sounds like really fascinating, like revelation that it was all you within you that you don't really need to tell and explain. You just know. No, no, as Misty might say, but you know, (laughs) and and I refer to it as a spiritual awakening, but it was really more of a spiritual remembering because it was really just everything that I felt then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, when you go about interpreting dreams, I I love to interpret dreams too, but when you do it, did you, I'm sorry, like a lot of there are dream dictionaries you could memorize and there's all kinds of ways to learn to interpret dreams. Um, I'd love to know your method. How do you go about doing it? Yes. So I, I have a, a blog post and a, a podcast episode where I talk about breaking up with your dream dictionary, because I really feel that everybody should just stop. I agree with that. I agree. It's, it's, everything in the dream is personal to us and me. Yes. Us. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yes. Yes. And it just leads you down the wrong path. It confuses you. It leads you away from the meaning. And I've done a a lot of studying over the years of all the different approaches to it. I studied the traditional psychology methods in college and and really just felt that there was a bit more to that. I liked those foundations, but they didn't really incorporate other aspects that were very me. And so I came up with my own method and I call it the dream mirror method. And it's basically four steps that you use to arrive at the meaning for you of your dream. Okay. So the first step is memory, and that's where you're going to record your dream. So it's really important to record your dreams. Not everybody does. Not everybody can remember them. And so in, in that stage, I really try to encourage dream recall techniques. I ask you to title your dream. So pretend that it's a mini story. That's a what good idea. Title it. Then step two is mood. So when we're asleep... Our logical part of our brain is turned off, but our emotional part of our brain is turned on. And so we really experience our dreams as if we're awake. And so I ask you to record in your journal your mood before you went to sleep, during the dream, and it it may shift depending on the scenes, and then once you wake up. Then step three is mirror. And that's where... It's very different from a dream dictionary because I try to serve as a metaphorical mirror to you. I ask you a series of questions where I draw out your associations to really get the meaning of what it means to you. So in that step, we look at the people, the places, the situation, the actions, the colors, the numbers, the music, the weather. What did that chair look like? What kind of TV was that? It's amazing the details that come out. Like, oh, it was a huge TV with a brown frame it's like i wouldn't think that i would think flat screen you know but when you get those details exactly is what does that mean to you did you have one of those well my uncle did if something like that it'll come up you know exactly yeah and women tend to give more detailed accounts when they remember their dreams and men tend to summarize and not give those details and so Mm. it's really important to put all those down And then in the fourth step is metaphor. And that's where we put all those together and we look at how is this dream story a metaphor for your waking life? Do you feel that they are dreams or messages or do you feel they are? I feel like they're a language. 
from yes, something, absolutely. maybe ourselves, our source, yes, energy, light, yep. you know, itself, hundred percent, ether. I don't yep. know, but it feels like a language to me. Yes, it is. It is, and so this method really just helps you decode that dream language. I love it. I love it. Um, how would you feel about interpreting one of our dreams on the podcast? Sure. Missy, do you have any dreams you've had recently that you don't understand? Maybe you want an interpretation of, or an old, like, recurring dream, maybe, or something that you've never had. More detail, the better. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, I want to ask about, I want to go back to to the the children and their dreams. And I want to ask you a question about that. Um, My grandson is five, and his mother, uh, is having a baby or she was having a baby and we didn't know when it was going to come, but we knew it was coming soon. And she had called me that morning. She said, I think that we're going to have the baby today. And my grandson was in the back seat, and he was like, you know what? I had a dream that mom had the baby today. And so I was like, well, that's really cool. You know, and it kind of goes back to where, you know, children are more, you know, sensitive to these things than adults are. So my question is, is is how do I get him to open up more about his dreams at that age and try to That's open a good up question. his more? That's a good hmm. question. That's interesting because there's two factors there that are a little outside my realm. It, it's a boy yeah. and it's a child, but <laughs> I think that fundamentally we read children's stories, right? And so children understand stories. And so if you start to get him to look at his dream as a story, that could be a good Mm -hmm. starting point. That's part of the reason that I am so in tune with dreams is because I have that love of story. And that's really my background. And so I think that might be an entry point is to talk to him about dreams as if they're stories. Because the other good part about that is if if he... like many children, have troubling dreams, the boogeyman or whatever, you can help him change the story because he also probably knows about choose your own ending stories if they still make those anymore. They do. They make games on apps. Okay. And that's really a, it's an actual visualization that they use in, in, in professional therapy to help children overcome nightmares and disturbing dreams is by imagining it reimagining the dream, but then imagine your own ending. And when you can lead them through that visualization, and this works for adults too, then they actually can change that script in their mind and start to imagine a different ending, which then seeps into their subconscious. That's totally agree. And that was going to be my next question. You answered it, you know, about, you know, because my family has had histories of um, bad dreams nightmares you know it, it runs in the family and later on i found out the meaning of it and and, and it, it all came about but um yeah yeah that was how one of the reasons i defeated my dream was i actually finally told myself when i was awake hey you're in control of this you can do this fight it and it will end and it did and that's how it ended the way i wanted it to yeah so i'm glad you brought that up because that's a very good point as far yes. as dreams it can be very powerful and empowering. Very. Oh, gosh, yeah. yes. I think you yes. have a good point, Misty. If we encourage children at, at a young age to talk about their dreams and give them importance, then they may grow up to always 
give that, you know, consideration to their dreams, even if they don't embrace spirituality or anything else. So always remember looking at their dreams from when they were little. I know. And and nobody ever talks about that. Let me talk about it. Yeah. 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 It's not part of our society. And there there are dream researchers. Montague Ullman is one of them who really says dream appreciation. We need to be starting to have it be a cultural normality that, that we share our dreams and that we share them and that we appreciate them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even the nightmares, nightmares, because the nightmares have yeah. messages too. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I can think of it. I had a recurring dream. I have had this interpreted before and I have like ideas of what it could mean, but I did have a recurring dream when I was young. And I've never really heard an interpretation, even of my own, that makes like, oh, that's what that's about. But it was a recurring dream every time I was sick. And I got sick a lot. I always I'm still sick a lot. I always have health issues. But when I was little, I just like colds and stuff like that. And um, whenever I did have it was always around Christmas because I got too excited and I get sick. I don't know. (laughs) But um, Mm. we also traveled that time of year, which is really probably the reason. Winter, winter. Yeah, yeah. We traveled from Alabama or Tennessee up to Philadelphia and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I would have these dreams where I was walking. This they started when I lived in York, Pennsylvania, in this like little town in Pennsylvania, and I'd be on my street in York, Pennsylvania, but there were no other houses in the neighborhood. It was just uh, a road with no lines, kind of a one lane road. And on either side of the road, I'm walking on the left side on the not in the field of of white daisies, but there's white daisies on either side. All just feel just going on forever. And I'm just walking along and I want to pick one, but I don't. I'm just kind of running my fingers and none of them feel right. And then I, in the distance, I see my house in York, Pennsylvania. And I see I get closer. I see the mailbox and I see there's a little girl standing in front of the mailbox. And as I get up to her, I see it's me. It looks just like me, the little girl. And she's smiling and she's so happy to see me. And she holds out a daisy, one of the white daisies. And I hadn't picked one. So I took it from her. And then everything goes black. And I'm in this um, cave, basically. And the first few, the first like year, few couple of years I had this dream, it would just be a big boulder above me, you know, a cartoon boulder with twining rope about and the boulders about to break. And the, I can see it in the dream, the rope untwining. And I'm in this place and I'm like, oh, you know, and then it just falls on me. But I wake up before it hits me. And then about a year or two into that, then there would be a wall of logs facing me on the cave wall you know, strapped with ropes and all those ropes would start twining just like logger logs and the rope with the boulder and the logs would go at the same time. And I'd wake up. That's pretty much the dream, which very vivid. And I still remember it really well. And I do love daisies. They are my favorite flowers. So white daisies, especially. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I want to grab my, want to grab my sheet. This is exciting. I'm glad. I'm color because I like to use color theory too. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of color in this. Yeah. So the first thing is that the mood. So what is the mood that you woke up in? Well, I woke up sweating and and very upset. I usually had a fever though, because I was sick. It could Mm -hmm. be a dream that brought it on. I woke up Mm -hmm. really scared and disoriented and sweaty. And and usually because I was sick, I'd feel like, you know, or congestion or whatever else was wrong. More so Mm -hmm. I had before I'd fallen asleep. Mm -hmm. 
And there's so also I'm a draw a bot like when when the right before the boulder drops and the logs drop, there's a sinking feeling in my gut, like down to the pit of my stomach from my heart all the way down to the pit of my stomach. It just, <laughs> it just drops, yeah. you know. Okay. Okay. And then the landscape. It's interesting that it's your neighborhood, but there's no other houses. And I also like how you describe the road as having no lines. And it is a light, light gray, like that bluish gray after it's been driven on for a long time. The curbs were white. Okay. And I like that it's one, one way. Because if you think about the metaphor of a one way road. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah. And so then you said that daisies are your favorite flower, but I like the metaphor of let's look at the action. So you see all those flowers and you want to pick one. That's that's an innate desire. Yeah. And the action is none of them feel right. You don't you don't pick one. So it's really you not not following that desire through because nothing feels right. And so then we see you at the mailbox. So what is a mailbox for? If I didn't know, what would you say a mailbox is for? Getting mail and giving, sending mail. I would think of getting mail, though. And what is mail, essentially? If I didn't uh, know? Packages and letters from other people, communications. I usually think of packages, but when I was a kid, I wrote a lot of letters when I was older. So I would have thought letters back then. Right. So it's basically a communication point. Yeah. Yeah. So then we see the little girl, but she's you because you're little and she's you and she gives you the daisy. So it is really like your higher self saying here, right? And she's smiling and she's happy. Oh, and by the way, it's a beautiful day. The sky is just blue. The sun is shining. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Right. And so this is really like your higher self, like the gift from your higher self. And then we go into the black cave and all of this starts crashing down on you. The, the twine is untangling. And what, what do we think rope is for? What is the point of rope? In that dream, it felt like rope holds things together, mm-hmm. keeps them together, but it wasn't. Right. Right. I could see, even though I was on the ground, like the mind's eye, like like a movie, it would zoom up and show the rope twining and on the logs, you know, like uncoming done and coming undone. Yeah. Yeah. And so that really, that whole, that whole scene is, we see metaphorically that you feel like things are not being held together, that they're untangling, that there's this tendency, this, uh, sinking feeling the the boulder coming down on you and so just the weight of that and that that instability feeling that yes. insecurity feeling Terrified. very, very yeah. strong so then if we look at the color theory for white these are questions that I'm going to read to you and you can reflect on them as far as what you, how they resonate with you for the dream. Okay. This is a new experience. I'm aware of new feelings. 
I'm experiencing a new beginning, a reawakening, a transformation. I have a new outlook. I feel pure and innocent, open and accepting, but it also can be, I feel unprepared, alone and isolated, or cold and sterile. So obviously, because it's a flower and a flower is very much, you know, what, if, if you had to describe what a flower is to someone who doesn't know, what would you say? Lovely. Smells good. Have them all around if I can. <laughs> so you really want to be around that. And it's really a comforting feeling. So yes. I, I think this is the, the opening and accepting of the innocence and the transformation by meeting that girl. Yeah. But the gray, the gray on the road is I want to shield myself from these feelings. I feel emotionally distant, only an observer. I don't want to make a decision that will require my emotional involvement. I'm trying to escape an anxious situation. And so I think that because you go from this beautiful outdoor area to this dark, desolate, dangerous, sinking area, there really is a sense of that you feel alone and isolated, like you're on a one metaphorical one-way road yeah. at, at, in your life. And it may be that you feel like you can't control the circumstances around you, that they're unraveling and they're going to come falling on you, perhaps relationships around you or situations that you're in as a child that you can't get out of. Mm. And the, the small, the little girl is you. They're giving you the flower that you wanted to take but didn't because you're not feeling aligned with that. And she's coming to you to actually help you transform through that that darkness to overcome that feeling of being isolated and alone like the boulder the the weight of the world basically yeah for a little kid that would be like the weight of the world yeah yeah that's really fascinating so now i'm going to pull you a card if you'd like yes i'd love it thank you so much Okay, so the card is choosing your path. (laughs) (laughs) And the message is all is possible. And that's pretty overwhelming because I do believe that. And and to believe that and try to figure out how to make it happen is is an interesting life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Interesting way of life, but it doesn't always work. Right. And even though this wasn't a dream that you had recently, I think that the message is still that it's not a one lane road. Yeah. That it's, yeah, that you really have that gift inside you. You have that little girl, that inner self, that white, which is really that, that sense of openness, of newness, and that you really can embark on that path 
and not worry about the the weight of the world coming down on you, the ropes unraveling and being trapped in darkness. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't happen that way when I did open my intuition and start working with it. It took, you know, a long time to get to where I feel, where I felt like I could do it as a professional or something for people professionally to help them. Yes. (laughs) But um, the one thing that, that stood out to me is it was always when I was sick and I have had health issues. Now this happened after I had an infection and had been in the hospital for two weeks. I had an infection in my eye and then the dream started and it mm-hmm. it, been, it was in one eye. I can't remember. They, mom doesn't know what it was called. We don't know what it was called, but it was a bacteria that was eating into my brain. It gave me a big black eye and I had to get, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept the, uh, what do you call it? Ivy. Ivy. Thank you. I, I was a kid, you know, and it hurt. <laughs> and, um, so they did, they had holes all over the place. They kept trying. And then this one doctor comes in and he's telling me that it won't hurt. He talked me into it and it did hurt. So I got, you know, of course I got up on the bed. I'm six, five, five years old, screaming and yelling and you love to me, doctor. So I have like a long history since then of having issues with doctors kind of subconsciously. And I have a lot of psychiatric issues that started when I was 21 and uh, doctors have always mistreated me, in my opinion, because of those diagnoses and the medications I take. And I just had an experience like that today. So it's just like, so, so something about that cave, I feel like I have to get through it. When I'm younger, I'm being told I will get through it or something like that. And I feel like there's also a relation to the medical issues I have and the treatment I get because I'm different, you know? Yes, absolutely. The stigma attached to all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, doctors are the worst ones about the stigma yeah. <laughs> other than psychiatrists. You know, yes. I mean, that I've met, that I've met. So, and worked yeah. with, I actually haven't had any good doctors except very rarely that wouldn't treat me like a, like, you know, I do have other problems that cause the psych issues. That's, that's not what caught, like, I didn't just have the psych issues. I have an underlying condition that brought it all out younger. And that's how this condition works. And when you get into your forties, I'm 48, all the bone issues start and it's really painful. So, but they just won't look at that at all. And they just keep going back to your, your, your mentally ill. That's the issue. I'm like, but what about the, the scoliosis and this and that? You're just mm-hmm. mentally ill. And that's what I hear from these mm-hmm. doctors. Mm-hmm. Just and I go with other people to the doctor who don't have psychiatric issues, family or friends or something. And they don't get talked to like that. My mom's been a witness to it. The doctor's just screaming at me. For no reason. I just sit there and they just start screaming at me. I bring it out in them. It's like a karmic thing I have to deal with somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it makes me think that dream is somehow connected into that. You know, but your interpretation, I've never thought of it that way. And that explains a lot to me, too. I mean, really big way. Thank you for that. I mean, I just want to keep talking. And that's a, that's one of the best signs of a good reading, isn't it? If, yes. if a person wants to keep talking. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So um, at this point, I want to, uh, Missy, do you have any other questions for M- Meg and Mary? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about um, um, dreams that, that, that come true? What do you think about that? I know that you like to interpret the dreams, but do you believe that dreams can come true, that people can have dreams that come true? And how does that work? I do, do believe that, that. Yeah, I think it's possible I because I think that we are tapping into our intuition when we have dreams in our subconscious and different realms of existence and different brainwave states that allow us to access things that don't subscribe to the linear concept of time. 
And so it is possible to have for foreknowing because time is not what we think it is. Mm-hmm. And when you consider quantum physics and you consider parallel universes and you consider that sometimes they're all happening at the same time, yes. then you can conceive how that might be possible, that it isn't even necessarily a foreshadowing. It's just more of a knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because time, we experience it as linear, mostly. Right. So then dreams. You can kind of go all over the place in a dream. You yep. can go back in time and then suddenly forward in time and yep. right back. You know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what fascinates me about dreams. You know, that's really good. Really what, what she just said is like, I, I like that, you know, that it, it's yeah. already happened. It's something that's stamped in time. I don't think everything right. is predestined. Personally, I think we have a lot of free will to pursue a, oh, like, yeah. how we do things in our destiny. But mm-hmm. um, yep. I would think that. The dreams are definitely, I mean, for, I don't dream much anymore. I turned off my dreamer call and I'm trying to turn it back on and I'm having a lot of nightmares. That's why I turned it off to begin with. Yeah. But, but, but um, I feel like uh, the, the language is there that we all can sit down and talk about our dreams to each other. Anybody I've sat down to, if, if, if they're, you know, if they're into it and even yes. if people who aren't into it, maybe they just had a strange dream and they want to tell you. You know, if you're like a Missy and me, you probably have people come up and tell you strange things all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I've had some strange, strange dreams that I'm not even going to bring up. Yeah, yes. I'm not going to talk about it because it's so stupid and strange. But yeah, lots of people. Yeah, as soon as as soon as you start telling yours, somebody says, well, "Wait, wait, wait! I want to tell you mine." You know, and yeah, that's, yeah. And that's dream, yeah. dream sharing. That's and and by speaking it, sometimes we even go, "Oh, okay, yeah." Now I yes. see. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when you go back and like listen to a dictation of a dream, maybe that you've put on a voice recorder yeah. or put down later on, you look at it. I don't remember that. Ooh, that yeah. does, that is important. You totally forgot it for five hours or something until you read it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. 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 It just comes back to you. Well, at this point, I would like to thank our sponsor, Everclear. Everclear is an advice app and website. Everclear.com. You can get advice from psychics and empaths to get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve. And um, Megan, Mary, last, I just want to call you both names because it's just beautiful. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. They do. People do. (laughs) I want to. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I want to put that Mary in there. I don't know why it just feels right. Uh, They're both my names. (laughs) Do you go by Megan, Mary? Um, Well, I, Megan, yeah. Or, yeah. It's okay, fine. I'll call you Mary. I'll call you Megan Mary. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> do you have any advice for anybody learning to do dream interpretation or just starting out, like to trust themselves with their interpretations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my first word of advice is just to be open. Obviously, intention and being open attitude makes a huge difference in your ability to actually access this part of yourself and the other side, let's call it. And then keep a dream journal and feel free to journal in it also just like a normal journal, but just make sure that you're always recording them. And as soon as you can, maybe when you get up, because you're going to forget it within the first five minutes. And, um, just listen to your dreams, really start to appreciate them, start to understand that maybe there is a lot more than you thought there. And that is really a great way to tap into that inner guidance that we all have. Yes. And you can also, before I've noticed this, when I did dream a lot, sometimes I could ask before I went to bed, ask God, angels, guides, whatever, please send me a dream that'll help clarify what's going on. 
maybe it didn't clarify it. If I did, maybe I wouldn't get the dream that night, but I would get it eventually. Yes. And it would clarify maybe not that day, but you know, as I thought about it and put it together, it, it would clarify whatever issue I had. Ultimately, it feels like that is a language that you can call out with our language of words or feelings. You know, please give me a dream that'll help me understand something. And Absolutely. it'll happen for us. Yes. Right? So you can ask and write it down in your journal what you want the answer for. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. Write it down that is a good idea. Yeah. Before bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Megan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has just been wonderful. And thank you yes. for interpreting my dream. I loved it. That's the best interpretation I've heard. I love oh, it. She did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Misty and Lisa. Well, very much. Thank you. And um, and can is there anywhere the listeners can find you? Do you have a, well, you have a web- website right there on your screen? Yes. Women'sDreamAnalysis.com. And it's not yes. woman's, it's women's. And I'll put, women's. I'll put your women's. website and anything else you want the listeners and watchers to know about you in the description of the podcast. Yes, so awesome. you guys can check out her stuff. And and I'm I'm wowed by that dream interpretation. So I think, okay. yeah, you could have a lot of people who listen to this podcast and start interpreting their dreams. Yes. And um, thank you very much again. And listeners and watchers, we love you. We love you. Bye. And we will see you again soon. Have a great day. Peace out. Peace. Ha, 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 ha.